Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the Kurt and Bob show. But with Bob being international, we have got Colin here back again to be the fill in for Bob. So Colin, appreciate you stepping in on such short notice and glad to have you back as always. Well, I appreciate you having me. Appreciate you having me as a first, third time guest in the history of Bob's show. Sure. I would do my best to fill in Bob's big shoes, but uh, <laughs> let's get it started. Definitely. All right. So to start us off today, you guys know how we do it. Just headlines right at the top. So first things first, uh, we will go right with, uh, I'm thinking, what was, a, what was a good signing? This I guess Clowney. That's probably the biggest signing, I would say, in yeah. uh, the recent timeline. So Jadavian Clowney, we talked about him a bit earlier this year as one of those like 29, 30-year-old guys who's still kind of looking f- to play and it can be competitive, but definitely isn't a six-year, 50-plus, you know, 100-mil-plus type guy. And I think the Browns made a fantastic move, and I remember saying this back uh, when he still was a free agent, is I think the Browns – would be crazy not to keep him because of how relevant he was last year and how much pressure I think he takes off miles Garrett. And that's huge for their D line. So overall, I think that's a huge win for the Browns. I believe they got him on a vet minimum. If I'm not mistaken, uh, they just re-signed him to yeah, a one-year contract for a maximum of 11 million. So what do you think of the deal Colin? big fan? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a great move for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, Jadavion Clowney leaves. I think he was getting offers of 14 to 15 million on the table to stay in Cleveland. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was a big influence last year. He had nine sacks. Yeah. Like, he takes the pressure off Miles Garrett. He's going to make the whole defense better. Exactly. Yep. Like, you know, like I've, I've always said, you know, you need a one, two on the D line. You can't just have your single guy, even with Aaron Donald as dominant as he is. And yeah, he definitely can one V one V two or one V three, even if he has to, but even he had, you know, Von Miller and he's had Dante Fowler in his time as well. So he's always had that second punch as well. So yeah, beautiful signing by the Browns. I honestly, being only 29 for Clowney and as effective as he was last year, as you said, nine sacks and the amount of pressure um, that he, that, you know, miles Garrett's under uh, having that second guy there. So usable. I almost would have said to, you know, give him a two year, you know, two year, 18, 19 million, something like that. Even if it's a little cheaper, uh, you know, obviously I'm sure he would want a little more than that, but, you know, I definitely would have almost gone for a two to three year deal, but I'm sure they'll just keep doing the one years as they do. And, if he continues the production this year, you never know. He might actually get a little traction to get a little two, three-year veteran deal uh, with the Browns again. So we'd love to see it for him for sure. Yeah, and obviously he wants to be there enough to turn down four-ish million dollars a year. Yeah. So no, exactly. Year he's great against the run. It seems like it's a, a really good move for the Browns. Yeah, absolute no-brainer for the Browns and another Browns news. Deshaun Watson. He continues to be. In the headlines, nothing really crazy. Just, you know, the the eyeball will continue to be on him until the NFL has reached their verdict. So right now, Deshaun Watson could walk across the street to buy a sandwich from his uh, apartment or his house, wherever, and it would get reported on. So right now, it's just, you know, he's at training camp. He's doing the OTA. He's in OTAs. He's doing his job <laughs> when he's getting what he's getting a, a you know a max deal for so uh you know nothing too crazy with uh Deshaun I suppose but um you know something else to touch on here is 
definitely kind of leaning off that is these OTAs that are underway right now. And for those who don't know, uh, voluntary OTAs are going on right now. The key word being voluntary. Uh, most veteran players, the way the culture of the NFL has, it is the veteran players usually sit out and they'll, you know, they could show up a day if they wanted to, they could stay home the whole time, but you know, they're accustomed to this. And I was watching, uh, watching some sports center this morning and they were talking on how it's actually still pretty recent that players can choose to sit these OTAs out. It's in the most recent uh, NFL PA CBA. And personally, I think it's a, a great idea, especially for some of these veterans, like, uh, Aaron Rodgers, for example, uh, I think, you know, he's the player we'll start with. He's not going to voluntary OTAs, but to me, that means absolutely nothing. He's Rodgers. He's probably reading a book in his cabin. He's getting paid 150 million over the next three years. He is that offense. So <laughs> there's nothing new yeah. he really needs to learn. So if anything, it's, you know, some extra work for Jordan love and not to mention the couple of rookie receivers they brought in this season to, you know, get a, understanding the offense before Rogers comes in and tells him exactly how he wants them to run every route. So in the Rogers case, I don't see too much drama. What do you think? Um, Well, personally, if I was the head coach or a GM Mm -hmm. or even a player on the Packers, I I would like to see Aaron Rodgers there, Mm -hmm. especially because the biggest chunk of your offense outside of Aaron Rodgers just got traded. So you're bringing new guys and, I, I would like it if he would show some more leadership and like be with them from day one, like, let's go, let's get you up to speed. Let's keep this train moving. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's still a lot of time. We have the, the big training camp for all the, the whole team that I'm sure there'll be a lot of work done. He's probably oh, yeah. a little bit outside of uh, a team setting, but mm-hmm. that's one of, this is one of the things where I would like to see him be just be there, like show up, show the new guys, how, how it's supposed to be done, that type of thing. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Honestly, that's cause that that's, you know, a point that I'm sure will be argued to the end of time is some of these veterans, maybe in less um, we could say teachable positions like defensive tackle or something like that. Maybe it makes more sense for them or even running backs. If you wanted to go to people who just get a enough of a load of football during the regular season, getting off. But I can see where you come from, especially in the quarterback position. Maybe you, you would want your, your leader there and everything to me, it, it checks out for Aaron Rodgers for his career. He's, he, he's that guy, but he's never been the, Oh yes. Every, you know, every player come under my wing. I'm going to teach you every this and that. And I know him and Jordan love have a great relationship, which, you know, credit to him because that draft pick still blows people's minds to, to this day. So, um, it, 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 you know, it's definitely a good point with the leadership and I'm sure he will be bringing it by the time that it is, you know, training camp and mandatory and everything. So I'm sure the offense will change a bit once he's there as well. So, uh, it can, it's definitely got its pros and cons and, you know, you hope, and I'm sure, you know, green Bay isn't a big town, uh, outside of football. So I'm sure they're all hanging out outside of football and, and getting in touch and all that. So yeah, it will be interesting to see for sure, but uh, the next player I guess we got on the docket is Kyler Murray sitting out. This one might be a little more dramatic, I guess you could say. Um, it's a good way to put it. What do you just initial take from Kyler not going to OTAs? This is, it just seems like it's Kyler being Kyler. I know mm-hmm. you guys have talked about on the show. He's, he's got the reputation of a diva. Yep. Um, and this is one of those things I feel like is just, 
it's so easy to get it right. If you just go and just, you know, work in good faith with, Mm -hmm. with your teammates, with the front office. Um, and you, you know, you win some favor with your teammates and with the press and the public He's not there. Obviously, um, you don't have D hop for the first six games. So Mm. Brown, who's new, is going to have, I'm not sure who the backup is for the Cardinals, but you'll have him throwing to him. I think Colt McCoy, right? I th- or it might not be anymore, but yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. You see what you're saying, yeah. No so Kyler. it's, it, I mean, it's just tough. I, like I said, quarterback is one of those things where, for pretty much every single team, their quarterback's going to be a captain. Mm-hmm. And when your captain's not there, even though it's a voluntary workout, it feels like it's a missed opportunity for me. Definitely, and I, I think the best guy to uh, compare it to. Uh, would be a, a Russell Wilson, you know, Russell Wilson. He is, he is the leader of all leaders. He, he puts his life aside for the boys. He's always at OTAs. He's hanging out. So it really, it seems like as much of a personality thing as, as it does a, um, you know, veteran thing, which is kind of funny. And I, I agree with you with Kyler, as we've said on the show, you know, it's, it's so frustrating. Cause I really do want to root for him. I was a big fan of him coming out of college and through, uh, his rookie season. And even to now, I, I have no issue with Kyler, but man, it's just the, the, the diva attitude. Like he said, it, you know, it made a lot of noise this off season. And, and I know now his OTA sit out is mostly um, regarding the fact that uh, he still hasn't gotten his contract worked out yet, but at the same time, he's also come out very publicly on multiple mediums and said, you know, he's getting this done uh, with the Cardinals. He's not going anywhere. He's going to make the deal. So uh, it's just, it's difficult when you come out and make that much of a public showing after being in the public eye for a month there with everyone. Oh, where's is Kyler getting traded draft night? How many first, right? You know, with as much drama as he brought it, I think for him, it would have been a smart move to show up to OTAs, even with no done deal, just to save face a little bit because he, he really did kind of make an ass of himself. I think this off season, um, especially with still how, you know, young he is and with how little ground he has to stand on me and Bob talked about it, you know, that's, this is two years in a row now, two embarrassing ends to the seasons for the, for the Cardinals who were Super Bowl favorites in week eight, you know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those, one of those things where they just start so hot, they, they finish off bad. You think if you'd be Kyler, you would want to save face a little bit and show, hey, I'm here for the guys. You know, I'll get this contract stuff figured out. Answer those tough questions from the reporters like, oh, what about your contract? Just put all that to rest and say, hey, we're working on it. No worries. I'm going to be in Arizona. So I think it would have been intelligent for him to, <laughs> to show up to camp. But, you know, I'm sure he's at home uh, playing games with the FaZe boys or something, uh, <laughs> just hanging out. But... Uh, that kind of leads us into our next player who I think I can definitely understand him not being OTAs and that's Debo Samuel as, as we spoke briefly about uh, earlier today, but Debo Samuel, he's holding out for very obvious reasons. The 49ers right now are a massive question mark for me. So give me Colin, give me your, your Debo take. And then just real quick too, just what do you take make of the 49ers right now? Who's who's starting week one for, for them or Jimmy and Debo both going to be there or what's going to happen? Um, well, if, if I was a betting man, I'd say Debo <laughs> is definitely going to be there. Hmm. And I think Jimmy will be there too. Um, Debo. It's just like, I, I can't imagine that he's realistically 
going to get traded at this point in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that he's going to sit out games. They'll he'll work out something with Shanahan to change his usage in the offense. I think that they had a contract thing too that they were mm-hmm. working on. Yep. Um, he's the type of player that I feel like you get something done with that mm-hmm. uh, sooner rather than later if you're the 49ers front office. And then the 49ers, I think Trey Lance has to be the starter at this point. Um, it's I feel like they kind of cut the ties with Jimmy after last year. And mm-hmm. at this point, I mean, I'm not privy to the Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch friendship or relationship or anything. Mm-hmm but I can't imagine that they're on great terms after, after how it all ended. And, you know, they traded a lot to get that pick for Trey Lance. So again, Um, I saw a quote from George Kittle the other day that said Mm -hmm. that he's made some plays that he can't even believe in practice. So if you get him Mm -hmm. some experience in the games, who knows what kind of talent he's going to bring. So it's hard for me to see a situation where the 49ers can keep that guy on the bench for another season maybe jimmy g starts week one but i i don't see him getting past like week four or five if if he's out there starting yeah to me it gives it it makes my spine shiver because it just reminds me of fitzpatrick and tua from just a couple of years ago where fitzpatrick was playing great and then out of the blue flores just says oh nope Tua, you're our starter now and you know, that was just as bad for Fitzpatrick as it was for Tua because then Tua had two great games. He looked good. He goes out there, was playing, was playing great, very efficient ball. Uh, and then out of the blue in the Denver game, uh, not out of the blue, he was having a tough one, but it was more on the O-line than him either way. Um, he gets pulled in the fourth quarter, two-minute drill for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Flores and, you know, all the coaching staff just, oh, Fitzpatrick has a better, you know, a better handle on the two minute drill. And, but then it went back and forth again through, through the season. So it just, uh, I, I would hate that for, for both the guys, Trey Lance and Jimmy, because I've seen what that does just mentally to a Tua and a Fitzpatrick, they were, you know, both so up and down that season. And and you can't, you can't rally the the guys around your, your leader when you don't know who your leader is going to be, you know, week to week in that quote uh, that you were saying about Kittle, like he, he mentioned that he was, he said, he's glad he's not the head coach to make the decision of who's going to start Trey Lance or Jimmy, because Jimmy has every trait of a good leader. He makes the right decisions. Most of the time there's some blemishes on, on his track record, but then you have Trey Lance who has little to no track record. Um, a couple games last year, you know, a couple quarters, whatever you call it. He's still very much a rookie in terms of playing his first 16 games he's far far from that so Trey but you know Trey Lance like you said uh Kittle he has the ability to throw the ball 70 yards absolutely launching it he's athletic scrambler um but you know he's still he's very young he's I'm still very timid to say Trey Trey Lance is going to be good because I just don't it's so tough he you know he he's an FCS quarterback. That's I went to Kennesaw state. He, he was playing against Kennesaw. Like that was the best competition he was beating was, was a Kennesaw state defense and, and go owls. But man, you go to a FCS football game and try to compare it to not even sec. We could go to ACC or PAC 12 even, and it's not even close. It's, it's crazy. So that argument is it's going to be right up to week one. I think that's going to be a Shanahan takes the podium 
you know, Saturday before the game, or maybe earlier in the week and says X is our starter because it is such a mess. And, you know, the Debo stuff, I, I think will figure itself out at this point. Like you said, it's a little too late to, to really do anything about it uh, or in terms of trading. So they're going to figure something out. Um, what makes it tough on the 49ers, I think, is the A.J. Brown deal. You know, the Eagles did give A.J. Brown his money. So mm-hmm. Debo is going to be very, uh, you know, finger pointing at that. He'll be in the off saying, look at this. Look, this is my boy. We have the same agent, same position. This is what I want to do. And I've done more than him in terms of usage wise, like you were saying, running back receiver. So 49ers are all sorts of a crapshoot right now. If I'm sure Vegas has their odds at, you know, eight and a half wins over under something like that. Personally, I'm taking the under, I, I think there would just, there's just too much turmoil. There's too much discourse, not to mention Mike McDaniel coming to Miami that took a big chunk of their offense and offensive uh, genius away, I think. So Shannon will figure it out. He always has, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a rocky situation. Who do you go with right now? Week one, you like, are you Trey Lance for sure? Um, oh boy. If I'm trying to win football games, I'm putting Jimmy G out there because I mean, they got to the playoffs last year. They, Mm -hmm. they won a playoff game. Um, but Jimmy G is not the future. I think we've seen all that we're going to see out of Jimmy G. He's a guy that Mm -hmm. can get to the Super Bowl if you've got the right pieces around him. Um, but he's not, he's not changing the world. He's not revolutionizing the quarterback position. Trey Lance has the potential to do great things from mm-hmm. a talent standpoint. Yep. It remains to be seen whether or not he's going to live up to that. Um, but if you're trying to win football games and you want to make it back to the playoffs, I think Jimmy G's probably the right answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen it so hard. <laughs> like you said, in a couple quarters, um, yeah. but it's that's tough. Like you got to go off what you've seen in practice and just what you drafted him for, I guess. Yeah. None that that draft price over Trey Lance's head. That's, it really is a crazy thing to think about uh, when you look at a lot of other starting quarterbacks in the league who, you know, didn't have anywhere close to the amount given up for, <laughs> for Trey Lance. And he's still sitting there unproven and really like not battle tested yet. So he's, He's uh, really up in the air. It's going to be so hard to tell the 49ers, not to mention their division doesn't make it much easier on them having the Cardinals and the Rams to compete with at the top. So seems um, seems the Rams are sitting pretty, to be honest. They have not had any drama whatsoever this offseason. And meanwhile, the Cardinals and the Niners are seeming, you know, just drama fires everywhere. So we'll see what happens. The, the Jimmy G situation kind of makes me think of, uh, what would have happened to the Falcons if they kept Matt Ryan, because they were very vocal about trading Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was shocked by the the talks. I, you know, I watched his interview with Pat McAfee not too long ago. Uh, now that he's an indie McAfee gets all the indie guys in there. Um, but he was, you know, definitely surprised by the Deshaun Watson trade rumors and all of that. And then that fell through and they just had to give him to the Colts for, for nothing because of the, you know, the just, ravine in that relationship uh and that's what jimmy feels like as well he's been the top of the trade rumors for who knows how long and you know these players can all say the media doesn't bother them but at the end of the day in today's world it's kind of impossible to ignore it especially when your life is football uh that's i'm sure that's all you want to hear about and talk about so it'll be very interesting to see 
what they do. And yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. I, I got to go with Jimmy G week one. I, I don't think by any means he is, you know, the most physically gifted quarterback in that QB room uh, with Trey Lance there, but in terms of just veteran ability, he's made all the mistakes. He knows how to not to make them anymore. So the 49ers are in that very weird similar to the saints. I would almost say that win now, but also could be bad. Like you're not, you're not really sure what we're going to get out of them. But with that, we'll pivot here to our last point of the show here. And me and Colin are just going to give you guys our, you know, game to watch on week one and then our game to watch for week 18. So we'll kind of give you that start and end preview here and Colin, I'll let you start it off. What is your week one game of the week? What do you like there? Uh, well, when I was going through the list mm-hmm. of week one games, there were three that that jumped out at me, and I'm going to end up picking two as my tie for number one. Sure, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I know that I'm breaking the rules to start, but it's... we'll roll with it. <laughs> um, so we got Broncos at Seahawks, Raiders at Chargers, and Bills at Rams. Mm-hmm. Bills at Rams has got the big marquee first game of the year Thursday night. Oh yeah or the potential Super Bowl matchup if the overtime rules weren't stupid, the whole, the whole narrative. Um, but that's, that's my third game mm-hmm. out, of, out of those three. The okay. ones that are tied, Broncos at Seahawks, Russell Wilson returns to Seattle week one. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's, it's going to be interesting to see the reception. I would assume that it'll be good, that they'll, the fans will appreciate what he's done for them. Um, it'll also be our first look at how the new Broncos are going to be with Russell Wilson at the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one a and one B is going to be Raiders at chargers. Obviously you guys have talked about on the show week seven, week 18, sorry, mm-hmm. last year, one of the games of the year lost me about $200 in fantasy <laughs> um, wire to wire crazy game. And hopefully we see some kind of rematch of that. Um, I won't get my hopes up too much, but I mean, with the Chargers offseason, with the Raiders, Devontae Adams, it's got the all the billings of a, a massive, massive matchup in a division that's just unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable how the yep. AFC West is going to turn out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd agree with you. AFC West, that is the biggest thing to watch for any NFL fan this year, regardless of which team you're a fan of, you could be a Washington commanders fan and you are interested in who's going to win the AFC West this year, because it's saying it's up in the air is, is an understatement. It truly, this has got to be the most unpredictable division um, fun Vegas fact. It is the only, or it's the first division ever to have all four teams have a over under total of eight and a half wins. So Vegas is saying, all of these teams could definitely go positive by the end of the season. And we will have a crazy race to the playoffs for that. And you know, when, when all this hype gets built up, you you never know who knows one of them could be horrible next year. We truly do not know until week one, but um, that's, I'm glad they put that in week one. I hate to see it not in a prime time slot, but I understand why not. And before I give my pick for definitely like my game of the week one, we'll say uh, I do want to give, honorable mention to the NFL here for putting Cowboys bucks Sunday night primetime because last year Cowboys bucks opening game. That was one of the best opening games I could remember in a while. I was, I was thinking back through and I'm like, man, they're, 
there really hasn't been one with this much firepower and, and that much competition week one, right out of the gates, Thursday night, you know, talk about a amazing opener. So I love that they're going to be each other's opener again, this time in Jerry world, uh, in Dallas. So we got that Sunday night, we've got, you know, Bill's Rams Thursday night, and then Russell Wilson's return. They're not wasting any time with that. It is week one right off the bat. So I think that could be ugly one-sided, but we'll see, you know, Drew Locke, that's his revenge game too, you know? So I, that's, that's Locke. exactly. Yeah. That's just as much a, a Drew Locke revenge game as it is a Russell Wilson. So, you know, the, we'll see there, they're, they're going to be going at it and it could be closer than a lot of people think it's, you know, it's easy to say games are going to be 40 to zero, but in the NFL, that's rarely the case. It's <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, but my pick is going to be, just a classic. I love a Packers Vikings 425 time slot. I'm excited for a Packers Vikings week one, because that is always a dramatic game. It felt like both of their matchups last year were very close. One score, I believe, did they split it one, one? I, I believe they did. Uh, if, if I remember correctly on it, but they, you know, two very competitive teams and, and the Vikings, I, I still can't believe, you know, how, how much value they got in in the draft this year being as low as they were for as talented as a team as they are, you know, the Packers opening odds right now, Packers are one and a half point favorites. So if that tells you anything, it's that it's as much of a coin flip as, as, you know, a Tampa and Cowboys perhaps, or, you know, even a chiefs Cardinals. That's another, like from four twenty five on you guys, everyone at home, you need four monitors or four TVs going because the 425 games are, are all phenomenal. Uh, even Titans Giants could be competitive. You never know. Giants with a brand new look with Dable and everything. So Dable unleashed Josh Allen, and he definitely could do the same with Daniel Jones. So you, you really never know there. Um, man, it's going to be a great week one. 425 and on, I will not be uh, taking my eyes off the TV. That's That's for sure. So with that being said, we'll go right to are week 18 now and week 18 love that they're doing it. It's entirely flex scheduled. There are no guaranteed times for any of these games. And you know, what's your, what's your game of the week Kong? What do you think? Game of the week, game of the end of the season. What's going to be that important? You know, if you don't win this, you miss the playoffs. What game is that going to be? <laughs> um, well, I have a couple different choices again, because I'm a cheater and I can't choose. So first, I think week 18 Pats at Bills is going to be a massive, massive game for the Patriots. Bills probably will have the division locked up at that point, in my opinion. Um, so the Patriot, it'll be a must-win game for the Patriots. We'll see yeah. what kind of effort the Bills bring out at that point if they end up clinching the division before week 18. Mm-hmm. That's one of the games. Not going to be my game of the week. Ravens at Bengals. Another oh, massive, love that. massive division matchup in the AFC North. Bengals are a trendy pick to, to mm-hmm. be a lock in that division. I think that the Ravens are going to have a big say-so in, in how that turns out. Mm-hmm. And this could be a game that dev- decides the division altogether. Uh, week 18, Ravens at Bengals. Um, but my game of the week is going to be Chargers at Broncos. The Chargers are on my list twice. On paper, probably the two best of teams in the division. Mm-hmm. Chiefs obviously can't just be thrown out. Yeah. Um, but Chargers at Broncos, like I said, probably going to decide 
the winner of the AFC West. Um, and it's just, I, I hope that we get another Raiders Chargers. Uh, yeah. Implications and the drama, the obviously the quality of the game on the field. That is my game of the week. Love it. Yeah. And I'm going to just go right off the bat. I love the pick that that is definitely up there for game of the week. And I'm just going to take right on the other side of the division here. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say chiefs and Raiders uh, week 18. That's going to be the other one to watch. I absolutely love that. It's all divisional matchups week 18. Talk about, you know, some great drama. The NFL is as much a reality TV show mm-hmm. as it is a sport. It is so fantastic. They do such a great job with all their scheduling and, and everything. So it's, you know, the AFC West is going to be it to watch because you look at some of these other games, you've got jets, dolphins. I personally bias. Don't think that's going to be that competitive Falcons bucks. I don't think that's going to be very competitive. Right. Vikings, Falcons, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Vikings bears. I have a hard time seeing that being competitive. I think Minnesota will, you know, find their stride this year. Packers lions love the lions, but they're probably not going to beat Aaron Rodgers in week 18. I think it's pretty safe to say that, uh, Panthers saints. That's probably going to be a routing by the saints there too. The Panthers are just trying to fix their team with Matt Corral. And you know, that's a lot of pressure for him. So, uh, you know, prayers up for Matt Corral. He did get his, his lineman in the draft this year. So that that'll help him out a bit, but you know, I have a hard time seeing that being the craziest game of all time. And Cowboys Commanders, I have a hard time seeing that being too exciting of a watch. So some of these games that definitely don't have as much star power, we could say, and, and firepower, it really makes these AFC West games stand out with Chargers, Broncos, and uh, Chiefs, Raiders. Those those are great matchups. Not to mention that I like that it's I like the matchups they did because Chiefs Raiders they already have their little beef from this past season where the Raiders decided to do their huddle on the Chiefs logo and then the Raiders got blown out by thirty and then the, but then the next time they played the Chiefs they they actually beat them and and uh, played a great game so it was a hilarious you know rivalry and, and great work there but yeah AFC West all day for week 18 I, I think that's something we could both shake our hands and agree on <laughs> so yeah with that being said I uh, appreciate you guys joining us for another week here Colin thank you again for filling in and providing some good content to the people here we get another quick one for you probably next week and we are inching closer and closer to fantasy season so definitely be looking for some lengthier episodes coming down the road here when we start to really dive into fantasy value rookies to watch you know which players you know could have a surprise season um and yeah we'll be having plenty of content coming your guys's way thank you again call of course and it was a pleasure we will see you guys next time yeah pleasure was all mine thank you